Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on Zaxby's War Chant Game Day, and uh, we're so proud to be sponsored by our friends at Zaxby's in Tallahassee. A reminder to all of you as you make your way into town next week, Tallahassee, they're all over the place. I believe there's five area locations here in town. They are a proud Golden Chief booster for 17 years. So when you support the folks at Zaxby's, you are supporting Knowles, and that is really, really important. We look forward to your visit next week. We wish it was under better circumstances, but thank you again to Tallahassee area Zaxby's. The screening room is being fired up right now, Gene. I can see somebody who is making their 109th all-time call to Warchant TV. We'll bring them on in just a moment, but thank you to Florida man in Texas who says, Coach, just cancel all post-game interviews and just get on the damn plane. Cancel all social media promos during this week, too. None of it's going to play. You're right about that. If they do a cinematic recap on the uh, the football mm-hmm. Twitter this week, that's not going to go over very well. Florida Man in Texas is a big supporter of WarChan TV. Thank you for always uh, being there for us, like a lot of you are in the chat right now, about 1,200 strong. We now go to the phone lines. It is for the 109th time Gator Kirk is a part of the program here on the postgame show. Have at it, Gator Kirk. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? It is it morning. Is morning. Uh, we're do- we're doing. We're here. We're glad to be talking to you. Win or loss, yes. Gator Kirk. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. Yeah, it's 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 disappointing. Players, you know, despite um, some unfortunate calls, but players got to make plays. I mean, that's just the bottom line. We're at that point where if our players make plays, we're six and zero. You know, we don't make plays. You know, we're four and two. So we'll probably end up being four and three, and then we got to regroup in that bye week and just come out slinging. You know, that's that's the bottom line. You know, at some point, you just got to do what you got to do. Yep, that's the uh, that's the right call there, Gator Kirk. I agree with you. It's uh, we could talk about the officials, we can talk about some coaching decisions, but there's a lot of dudes who are in position to make plays or not take a penalty or do whatever, and they don't make the play i don't know about six and oh but i think five and one they definitely would have gotten this win tonight if they made the plays yeah here, here's the thing gator kirk i feel your pain too i think this is you know a year when you called us a year ago it was a different kind of pain and especially in 2020 when we talked about this stuff it was just kind of frustration because they were so bad what's maddening about this is florida state really could have easily won the last two games especially this game and you'd be sitting here whether you're six and oh or five and one and we'd be a totally different mindset but this team is good enough to be five, should be at least five and one right now, and that's what's maddening about this. It's it's better than we felt two years ago when they're getting blown off the map by everybody they play, but this team should be 
showing a lot more than they are, and it's very frustrating. Guys aren't making plays. Coaches are making questionable decisions. Just some meltdown things that happen in the second half. It, it, good teams should not be doing, like you said, the Dylan Gibbons thing, the punters running past the line of scrimmage, those kind of things just should not happen to a major Power 5 team. Is it that simple for you, Gator Kirk? Is it just about the players that's, that who is uh, drawing your ire, or do you have any other issues with anybody else uh, who accounted for this loss tonight? I mean, it, it, I would say it's probably 70% players the la the past two weeks and 30% coaches. I mean, you know, there's there's lots of opportunities to to make plays and to do well. And we, we know we're going to get shitty calls. Sorry for the language. We, we, I mean, We've we all been doing it tonight, Gator Kirk. Things fine. are going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you just got to overcome it. You can't control that. So, you know, I, I feel like we've given up two wins the past two weeks. Um, you know, like I said, 70, 30. So mm -hmm. hopefully this will be a motivation. Maybe we can um, do something really spectacular against Clemson and we'll, we'll end up five and two instead of four and three, but regardless, we're going to have a bye week after that. And then the last half of the season, we finished strong last year. So we need to suck it up and do that this year. We need to get the, seven or eight wins and then go from there. That's, that's all it is. You know, no need to fire anybody. No need to do any of the crazy stuff. Just, you know, tomorrow come back, practice and do what we need to do and get, get freaking better. I mean, that's what you got to do, you know, every day, get, get freaking better. Just realize what we did wasn't right. And here we go. Just put this behind us and move forward. So I have faith in what we can do. It's just our record this year. I don't believe, shows that so anyway i appreciate everything you do go Knowles. join join war chant for 10 bucks it's still a great deal y'all have a great night great morning go Knowles. <laughs> thank you gator kirk thank you gator kirk good stuff that's a really good call and uh yeah listen to him head to warchant.com right now for just 10 bucks you'll get covered all the way through august 31st of next year there's a lot of stuff that's going to come ups yes downs <laughs> yes yeah, we, we got that. We got that covered tonight, the downs. Can we go 70, 30, 70 on the players, 30 on the coaches, and 30 on the refs? Is that fair? Can we give them 130? Can yeah. we just add – does that add up? Yeah, it, it felt like there was – so we We're still putting most of it on FSU, but let's let's not forget about those ACC officials did their part. They need to be recognized. Yeah, it felt like a 130% chance Florida State was going to come away with a dub here at halftime, and it was not. It was uh, probably only a 98% chance. Thanks for the 2% tonight. We really appreciate it. We now go to Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. We're talking to Austin. Austin, his fifth call. He was on the program just a couple of weeks ago. Welcome back, Austin. Fire away. Hey, I mean, I must say, I promised that I wouldn't call on a loss, but I just feel like it's necessary because... I, I disagree with the caller before Gator Kirk. Uh, this is 70% on, on Mike Norvell. The, the second half adjustments, there were none. Uh, our offensive play calling was pretty, pretty garbage. Our defense played a great game. Our offense just played so bad. Jordan Travis, the moment hit him too hard. You know, uh, calling that play for Michael Pittman, I understand because Johnny Wilson hasn't been catching the balls, but Man, I was at the 2012 NC State game in person. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had uh, as an FSU fan. But this one hurts more. I never thought I'd say that. 
but it feels like it hurts more because I feel like this team has so much potential that we're just not reaching right now. And uh, hats off to all the guys that played so hard today. You know, I love my Knowles, but this comes down to the coaching. You know, what are you doing, Mike Norvell? We have zero points in the second half. Any thoughts on that, guys? I mean, zero points. Well, I think it's it's a good call too, Austin. That's the other side of the argument, Gene. Gator Kirk says seventy percent players, yeah. and Austin says seventy percent coaches. Yeah, if you're just looking at the results uh, of it, I, I agree. That's inexcusable to have zero points. I don't know that they needed to make a ton of adjustments, but where I will agree with you, Austin, and and we hope to hear from you after a win, maybe next week. Um, Hopefully, yeah. It's just that the first down play calling was a little bit. That's the biggest issue I had with because they were stuffing that run. They were putting you behind the sticks almost every time. And the way Travis was going, that was not a good position for him to be in. But, you know, was it the coach's fault? Dylan Gibbons did what he did on that play on the second and two or third and two or whatever that was. Was it? I mean, I don't know how often you coach. I don't know what Mastermana was thinking there. I mean, he could have, Hasselbeck said, and it looked like he could have run for the first down. I guess he started to think I could. Oops, I better not. I mean, that's just a lapse of judgment on a player in that moment. I don't know if that's really coaching there, too. And you just documented, I think, three different key drops right. in the second half that happened as well. I mean, I, I I agree. Coaching definitely has some responsibility to that. Some of it, they didn't put them in the right positions on some of the play calling. But, man, the players definitely need to get some of the responsibility in that, too, because there's some boneheaded plays and some drops they just didn't execute. And, you know, you, you got to do that. And a game like this – when you're on the road, it's a tough environment and things are happening. Somebody has to make a freaking play. And, you, and more than anything, you can't be making dumbass moves yeah. like D- Dylan Givens did. I mean, it's just horrific. So here are the drive uh, summaries for the second half very quickly. Uh, it's not pretty. You already know what's about to happen. But it's punt, 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 interception, interception. Those are your six drives in the second half. Now. Three of them involve ridiculousness. One is the Johnny drop on third down. Another is the Mark Easton drop. Another is the Dylan Gibbons penalty after the play. Gene, you just listed those three things. But you have six drives, two turnovers, three of them short-circuited by nonsense. And then you also give them the ball for free inside the 20-yard line. You never made that quarterback, that backup quarterback, drive the field either. Because even on that punt, if you don't get that ridiculous play, make that guy be back there and have to actually throw the football. He might make a mistake if they have to throw the football. You get a pick and you go win the game. But you right. always had – he was sitting on FSU's side of the field the entire second half, which drives you nuts. Absolutely. Again, it's four punts and two turnovers, and one of those punts wasn't even real because it was illegal. So it no, wasn't, it wasn't really a punt. punt. It was a turnover. Up. It was what it was. It was a turnover. Essentially a turnover. So three turnovers and three punts. And a couple of those drives, a few of those drives short-circuited by just nonsense. And so that's where I can understand the execution. But then also, there, there is some, there's a, a lot of blame to go around for tonight. That's for mm-hmm. sure. We now go to Navy Knoll, who is uh, bringing it back from Washington. Uh, all right, Navy Knoll, I think there's going to be some positive to this phone call. So go for it. Hit me with it. Who would have thought our punter would make the worst kick tonight, huh, after last week, fellas? Yeah, yeah, that's wow. absolutely right, Navy Noel. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I just kind of wanted to recap from last week. Everybody was ready to kick forward to the curb, but, I mean, he held NC State to 19 points, and I know that's with the backup quarterback in, but he was also, like y'all said, playing in his own territory half the freaking half, too. So, yep. uh, 
lastly, I just wanted to say that we, I think that this game kind of just puts a spotlight on um, Trayshawn Ward. That guy is a he's lightning in a bottle, and it's going to be really tough to beat Clemson if he can't suit up after seeing him in a sling. Yeah, that that was a tough. Yeah, that's all I really had for y'all, fellas. All right, yeah, well, he, he's the heart and soul of this team. That's a good call at Navy Nolan to mention him a lot. It just we lost in the shuffles all these injuries. I lost track, Tom, of all the guys that got hurt in this game. But you're right. Trayshawn is one of those guys that's everybody. I mean, he's he's one of the leaders on that offensive side of the ball. And it's a shame he was not out there in this. Who knows? Second half, he might have made a difference out there. Yeah, I think there were probably eight to nine stoppages for Florida State players being down. Mm-hmm. Most of them were minor. But I noticed Tatum Bethune was out for a few series in the he second half. Back. He came back. Uh, Robert Cooper never Cooper, came back. Right, exactly. Um, Jamie Robinson left, but he came back shortly thereafter. And then the Trayshawn Ward injury is tough too, Gene, because he that was a great run. His final play yeah. in that game was a great run, and that was as explosive as he's looked this season. He's had some explosive moments and some, you know, eh, other ones. But that was a, a great play, and you saw the way he came down on that right side that looks like a shoulder or a clavicle or something along those lines. Uh, they that is going to be a bit of a hole for FSU. And I think McClendon went down, and there was another defensive tackle that went down. Um, Jared Jackson. Jared Jackson, down. yeah, Jared Jackson went down. There might have been another one or two that I lost track and, of. Yeah, and yet, so it's 19 points allowed. Three of them were free. You did a great job to put them in a yeah. 40, 40, third and 40. They well, still two, of those field, well, two of those field goals more than 50 yards that he made, Tom? Uh, at least, yeah, at least one of them. Um, that's a, yeah, it's just. Adam Fuller and that defense, hats off. Yeah. I mean, we'd be talking glowingly, Gene, about Patrick Payton if Florida State had won this game because he had a lot of big moments. 56 looks good. You put a little bit more weight on him. you got yourself a player for the future here yeah. and somebody who could contribute right now. DJ Lundy had a few Oh, big what a great stuff that was up the middle. Yeah, he played well, too. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, it's lost in the shuffle, and I'm glad Navy Noel called and at least give us a little positivity because everybody was out to – Go after Fuller last week, man. That was, I mean, if you're going to hold them, if you told me 19 points. Yep. Yeah. And you could say backup quarterback, but Devin Leary only had early third quarter. They only had, what, 10 points with him? Yeah, correct. And what so, I'd say. I mean, that's pretty damn good. He was last year's ACC player of the year. The thing you got to clean up is the first drives of the second half. Awful against Wake Forest. Uh, two, awful against NC State tonight. That's Go a ahead. good point. I, I oh. don't know what. What's going on with that? I don't know if it was uh, – I assume they have some kind of script or they make some kind of adjustment. Yeah. But whatever it is, you're right. That Those two was the most easy – the entire season, the two easiest drives against FSU defense were both of those two – the last two drives. It's weird. But other than that, he's having a good season so far. The game plan for LSU was good. Dominic Robinson did a fantastic job on the channel yeah. showing how Florida State put itself in position on third down against Wake to make plays. Go back and watch that. They were there. And it after seeing that drove me nuts because the two plays were – and he said, the one in the end zone, it's third and long. Yep. The guy's right there, perfect coverage, the hands in front of it, 90-plus percent of the time you make the play. And the other one, yeah. that third and 10 on that last drive, Yeah, they Three were there on those two plays. And I think if you make those two plays, which you should nine times out of 10, you probably win the game. Yeah, Fuller's had a good season. Uh, you know, you just got to got to continue to bring in good talent that can finish and make these plays. And then you need some – you need – three freaking points in the second half from the offense. That's what you need. And you walk away with a victory tonight, but they don't get it. Let's go to Khan in Tallahassee. He's got a, an old Tampa area code on his phone, though. Go ahead and bring it to us tonight, Con. What you got? Hello, gentlemen. I just wanted to shine some light about uh, the, you know, the. I think where it went wrong first was just the punter's kick. He could have definitely ran that to get a first down mm-hmm. easy. I think that was just some terrible decision-making on his part. Uh, where it went wrong, honestly, was when uh, tr- I think Jordan Travis had uh, – 
you know, throwing it instead of, you know, running the ball, chewing the clock a little bit. I think we had some good timeouts left and, uh, you know, we could have easily just kicked it for a one-point win. Uh, I don't know. I think that's just where the team went wrong tonight. I have my roommate here that wants to chime in too, so have him get a couple words in. Go for it. Okay. Uh, yeah, hey, this is quick here. Um, yeah, so that last drive right there, I think things could have gone way differently, you know. Uh, after last week, I didn't have that much faith in, in Fitz at the moment, but I'll tell you what, at that point, I did trust him to make that play right there. I think I think the, he broke the ice there, and, you know, I think it was his moment to win that game right there, and definitely we could have changed a couple of things around, maybe got a couple more yards up the field. I mean, we had a we had a fresh yeah, so. Well, uh, we appreciate both your guys' uh, observations. As the uh, we are now, that's the second War Champ post game conference call we've had, and they're just <laughs> and they're just beeping for no reason. So uh, yeah, that's good. You know, Jeff had the the ding noise during the game, and that was good luck. This beep is just uh, insult to injury. I don't know what's going on. There. Somebody's calling us. And uh, Allegheny Industrial Services, go away. I'm not not picking up a phone call. Uh, <laughs> nice to get spammed by a, by a robot call oh, that's during awesome. the post-game show. But thank you, Con, and, and thank you. I think thank you, Con. Yeah. Con and roommate, thank you for calling. It's one yeah. thing. I would have liked to have seen those last. Obviously, we'd like to see anything other than just throwing the ball in the middle of the end zone for a pickoff on the last play. But I think Jordan running the ball there, yeah. or some kind of RPO or zone read or whatever you're going to do at that point, I mean, put him out in space at that point because, man, make him run. Yeah, They had a hard time defending that. I think that would have been – it's safe. Even if Norvell's like, look, I get the hesitation with trying to set up for your kicker. I understand that completely. But, man, you, you've got to call those plays down the stretch to make sure your quarterback, who's been a little shaky, don't put him in a position to make a bad throw. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, a lot, a lot of good coverage there for NC State. I'll see if I can isolate and just pause it. Maybe we could, I could share that. And I'll pull it up in a minute. Mm-hmm. But you got a couple of receivers over the middle that are dragging. It looks like they're going to run what's called mesh, but then they kind of break off of that. But you got a couple of short receivers here, and then you've got uh, an option to the left, and then you've got Micah on that little release. Now they hit a similar pass, and Aslan sent the note that uh, Coach Rick, Mark Rick, was talking about it in the post game show on ACC Network, which is that's the same concept or route that they ran for the touchdown earlier. But the coverage look is completely different. And again, it's up to Jordan to make the read in that situation. He just didn't do it. So if I can get it. Why is why is your six foot seven wide receiver running a five yard and just standing there on the sideline? I just just being useless. He's not even part, even a potential in the route tree. He's just doing nothing. I don't understand that. Yeah. Because to me, the one thing about him, look, I know he's been dropping balls. He didn't have a good game. He had a good catch on that last drive to get up a shoe in position which was nice. But in my mind, when the ball goes to him, you're probably not going to get a pick because he's bigger and stronger than any of the defensive backs he's going against. So that's a safer play to me. I don't like ever throwing the ball in that situation deep when the smallest guy in the field is a wide receiver you're throwing to. I will continue to say that. I don't understand why he was even on that route. I agree. And in that situation, there's no need to take a shot at the end zone unless it's wide open. You just, you have three timeouts and everything's before you. It just was a, it's a, a dumb decision all the way around. We now go out to a much earlier evening in Hawaii. We talked to Spartan Noel. It's Ralph. Welcome to the program, Ralph. Go for it. Let us hear it. <laughs> Aloha, guys. How's it? Aloha. <laughs> Happy to be talking to you, Ralph. 
Uh, same. Uh, I love listening to you guys and your take on it. Um, I'm not really down about this early in the preseason. I picked eight and four regular season. We're halfway through. We're four and two. So we're right on track as far as I'm concerned. But I do have uh, two quick things I would like for you gentlemen to comment on. And if you already have, because I came to the post game late, I apologize for you repeating yourself. But early in the game, when we went four and three or fourth and third or three, fourth and three, mm-hmm. uh, and Johnny Wilson missed the inside pass, instead of kicking the field goal, that very well could have been the difference in the game because it seemed like we were pretty deep in. But yet he goes to Fitz later in the game. So I'm wondering, is there any rhyme or reason that I might have missed? Well, yeah, good. Good observation to Ruffle. I think because he had nothing to lose at the end because t- time was out on that last. You had no chance other than throwing a Hail Mary in the end zone. So there's really no pressure for him to kick that. I think the other one was because your kicker had struggled early. You had a play that you should execute nine times out of 10 was right there for Johnny Wilson. I think there's another time that they went for it. I, th- I think they punted or something. They were like on the 35 yard line another time. I think it's just because it was, we had nothing to lose on Fitzgerald. If he misses, so what? Um, I think that was just because of the perfect situation for him to kick at the end of the half versus the other one where they just thought it's fourth and three. We can pick up three yards with a simple slant to Johnny Wilson. Yeah, to add to that, Ralph, I'd say I agree with Gene. He hadn't proven fits yet, hadn't proven it, and Mike was not going to let him in that situation kick. I think once he made it in the second quarter, that may have changed the math moving forward. But he hadn't made that kick yet, and Mike clearly was thinking about four-down territory because of what happened last week. Um, so I think maybe the math changes, and if you reverse the sequence, and if Fitz makes a kick early, and then you have a fourth and three later, maybe Mike would would kick in that situation. But I just I think his game plan going in was four-down territory and being aggressive in a lot of those. In the and, and Tom, it was the same thing last week, right? I mean, that's the same way he called yeah. last week with Fitzgerald. It's the same what he did when you're having a fourth and relatively short deep in the other end, he's always going to go for it at this point with Fitzgerald. Now, maybe after this, he thinks he has confidence. Maybe he'll change, but yeah, before that kick, I I had no doubt in my mind, he was not going to kick the field goal there. Yeah. Agreed. Ralph, what was your second question? Well, well, just to close this out, I understand about Fitz miss, but we're not even given Shadahari an opportunity. So is that because in practice, he's just not proven himself even worthy of an attempt? Uh, the answer to that one, both of them made all their kicks this week. I think if if uh, Fitzgerald had missed and looked horrible in practice this week, you might have rolled him out there. Uh, he doesn't have nearly okay. the leg. He doesn't have nearly a leg that Ryan does. But I mean, I, I hear you. I just I think what Ryan did this week was hold hold on to the job and, and maintain the job but, enough. But Mike is still going to go for it on fourth because. He's afraid of what happened last week at Wake. But also, it's a fourth and three. You've got a quarterback, at least to that point, is executed very well. You've got a six foot, I mean, you had a six foot seven wide receiver running a slant on a one on one where he got separation. Everything was there. You Nine times out of 10, you're going to do If you're telling me I'm converting a fourth and three nine times out of 10, I'm taking it. And all the coaches would. So I don't, even with that, it was, it was perfectly fine to play call everything else. It just, they just didn't, again, they didn't execute. Yeah. What uh? What else you got for us, Ralph? Well, well, that yeah, that pass looked like it was a little bit behind him. So it was another aspect when you look at the total play. Um, the second thing, it's not really a question; it's more of a curiosity and just something to comment on. How in the hell did we rough their passer? He was in the most throw. <laughs> uh, there's no. I good. don't understand that call. 
There's Ralph, no... it's the ACC. Come on, man. We know. You've been following FSU for a while. You know what this is. Yeah. Uh... I, uh, so, somebody in uh, the watch-along uh, ACC equals another crappy call. Yes. So I guess that's it. <laughs> That's, that's you know, I, I I was scratching my head. I didn't understand that. I've never well, it's it, he, that you hit him too hard. You hit the ACC Player of the Year, and he got hit too hard on a play, and so you automatically wins Florida State. They get a penalty. I mean, we've seen it a hundred times. That's what happens. Right. We right. thank you so much to everyone out there. Enjoy your night. Uh, in the long run, it's only a damn football game, so keep everything. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. Everybody. Love your perspective, Ralph. We love you all. We bless. We bless. Love you all. Thanks, Ralph. Aloha, Ralph. Mahalo. Thank you. We always appreciate Ralph from Hawaii chipping in with his uh, insights. Yeah, one thing I'd say, Gene, too, is is he's right. That throws a little bit behind Johnny. It's more than adequate. It's enough. You catch that. He should catch that. Catch it. If it is, let's just say instead of it being a C throw, uh, you know, it's it's enough. If that's an A throw, it's a touchdown. He's leading him into the end zone. There's nobody else there. It's not even just a first down. It's a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Let me let me ask you this, Tom. So, and again, in that situation, because it's fourth and three, and I, even if you have an okay kicker, I don't even have really necessarily in that situation have a problem when you've got it. You think you got a good play and you get that kind of situation. What I'm curious about, if he's at that same yard marker and it's a fourth and 10, at what point yeah. is Norvell going, okay, a fourth and 10, I'm probably not picking this up. Do I kick it at that point? At that point, do you bring in the walk on? Right. That would have been interesting to see what his decision would have been. We'll never know. Yeah. But I think given the given the down and distance, I think that was the right call in that situation. I agree. I agree. Uh, we now go to Long Island and we're talking Long to Josh Island. For, for the uh, 24th time. Josh, go ahead. Have at it. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I feel your pain. I, uh, I honestly have not been this bewildered from a loss since 2011 Wake Forest when we started Clint Trickett and put EJ. Oh. It's, it, it, it's, this is like, I, I'm bewildered because we seriously just needed one field goal out of halftime to win the game. And that, that's all we needed. And, you know, as much crap as we give Adam Fuller, I'm, I'm on that train of giving him crap. Um, not to fire him, obviously, but to like, just, just to be better. Like just that 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 was just I was I was bewildered by the whole game, uh, second half pretty much. Um, you know who'd have thought that the part of the blame of tonight would be on a kicker who's not our field goal kicker? <laughs> it's really the the the, the punter. Um, that that's one, and then you know the the really the game turned on two things. It's the drop passes, which I I, I really want to go back and see it, but I think almost every one of those drop passes were like first downs. And oh yeah, it, it I think like, so. Key plays, pokey. Yeah, it was like pokey across the middle. We had a, a Johnny with another one. You know, Malik McLean dropped the touchdown. Like it, it, when you think about it in hindsight, we didn't deserve to win the game because when you're playing against a, a, a defense like theirs, they we got to give them credit. They have a really good defense. Their linebackers are probably the best in the country. Um, you got to when you have shots, you got to capitalize on the shots that you get and we didn't capitalize on any of those shots that we that we got and we were trying to hold on and hold on and hold on but it just didn't happen for us and um you know it, it just I, I just felt strange maybe you know gene you're right about playing in the whiz palace like that's just like the strangest place I feel like all the 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 worst possible outcomes happen when we play in that 
uh, that stadium. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, I have no other words, but just the feeling of bewilderment of how we just cannot do the things that we are supposed to do at the right time. The penalties were unbelievable because they feel, I feel like those came at the worst times. It wasn't like a, you know, it, it wasn't like a, a false start at, you know, the 50 yard line. It was like a big time penalty every time we win. And I just, you know, I, I just feel really bewildered by tonight's loss because we had a better shot of winning tonight than we did of last week. Yeah. And yeah. we didn't get it done. And if you asked me in the beginning of the year, I would have probably said it had been the reverse. But this, you know, just really bewildered. Not shocked, but bewildered. Yeah. What do you guys think? No, I, I think, Josh, that's a great call, man. You put It's interesting when you talked about a lot of the missed opportunities on offense with the mistakes and drop passes and things. And it's funny, you go back to last week, it was the other side of the ball. It was missed opportunities on defense, guys in position to make plays, missing tackles and all that in defense, and they just did not do it there. Now it's on the offensive side of the ball. They needed to step yeah. up over and over and over again. They did not come through in that place. And I, I know the other caller said this actually felt worse to him, which is hard to believe. I don't, I'm trying to put that in perspective in 2012 when you blew that game. But I think the reason why this is so upsetting is because – you feel like this is a team on a rise and how important this win would have been for Florida state. Cause if you're sitting there right now, if you're sitting there at five and one, mm-hmm. you're ranked again, you're playing Clemson next week. There's a lot of focus on you, a lot of buzz. I think because you feel the program's on the rise and it's not being reflected in the win column, like it should in a game you should have won, other than you just kick yourself in the ass over and over and over again. So it's very frustrating. I get it. Yeah, so uh, I did it to myself, Gene. I pulled up the box score from 2012, and I looked at, <laughs> at the uh, the summary. Didn't score again in the second half, did we? That's it. In the Wiz Palace. You know it. It was 16 to nothing at half. Yep. One, uh, Two points, a safety, wins you the ball game, and Florida State doesn't score in the second half. And eerily similar here. Yeah. Uh, that team had national title aspirations. This one had aspirations of being ranked in the top 15 for the matchup against Clemson. If they win this football game, I think they jump as high as probably 17 or 18 in the rankings. And it just doesn't happen two times now, 10 years apart. Not one score in the second half does you in and any kind place. of a score, any kind of a score on offense. And you win either of those two football games but it was not to be we've got some folks to thank and thank you josh for calling us we really appreciate it we've got some folks to thank uh producer ben tells me uh super chats and and uh contributions have been coming in thank you very much eric angel man i can't get through the phone lines well they are loaded up tonight we'll see if we can get you on in a minute uh eric uh fsu uh, fsu but eric's usually so positive come on eric we can't have you going on the team come on man that's a tough one pete mercer thank thank you pete uh, during the during the end game, he was doing a lot of that. So thank you, Pete. Appreciate that. Uh, Brad says, if Norvell would have played for a field goal and Fitz pulled a thirty yard or ten yards right to lose, would you all be more upset than you are now? No. Gene, you said that you you would have been less upset with a missed kick. Than yeah, would have been. I mean, I, I kind of because I kind of expect a missed kick. You don't expect your quarterback who's playing that well to make a bonehead decision like that when the game on the line. That is just maddening for him to make that kind of decision in that situation. Yeah. It would have been okay. Your kicker, who's been very inconsistent, misses a kick. You had you had a chance to win. You didn't. It happens. You got problems at kicker. That's different to me. Yeah, to me, uh, if he played for a field goal, I would have been more mad. Yes, yes. If he would have run two more times yeah. and kicked it and missed, and I, then 
that percentage would go about 90% on coaching. I see a lot of things in the chat saying he he can't handle the big moments, Mike. Again, I I don't think that play call is Micah Pittman or bust on the interception. If he had played for the field goal and ran it to the middle of the line a few times, I would have agreed with those sentiments, but that's not what he did. Island Chief, players got to make plays. Thank you for the contribution. Alex, five key drops from receivers. So what's the receiver grade? PFF, guys. Oh, Man, it's going to be bad. Yeah. And yeah, the only one that wasn't was uh, Pokey on a third and 20, and it would have been a fourth and two or three. I bet we go for it if he makes that catch. Uh, Corey's gallbladder. Welcome back again. Stick and tire losing to Wake name. State. Who's more to blame, Jordan Travis or Jeff Flanagan? I can't wait for FSU to leave the ACC in their dumpster fire of a conference. Yes. Uh, it's Jordan Travis, um, unfortunately. But the answer there is Jordan Travis. Gene, do you agree? I, I, I think I'll do the 70-30 again. I'll, I'll go back to Gator Kershaw. I think 70% is on Jordan Travis, 30% on Flanagan. But he gets some responsibility, absolutely, because he's a piece of you-know-what. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, good. I have my angst for that turkey, that freaking turkey. There he is. Yeah, good old Flanagan. He was the guy who tossed Nigel Bradham in 2011 against Miami. Uh, ben, <laughs> do we have any more? Give me a heads up in the, in the uh, private chat if we have any more people to thank because if so we absolutely want to thank them all right we're caught up let's go back to the phone lines and it is going to be sam in wisconsin all right we're going to wisconsin usually a land of very nice hospitable people i don't know if we're feeling hospitable how we doing sam go ahead uh we're doing we're doing okay tonight um it's kind of like gene was saying anytime we go to nc state Mm -hmm. the weirdest things happen like the lights don't come on <laughs> punters on past the line, anything and everything could, they can go wrong. will go wrong. Um, I know like with, with this team, it's kind of like last year in these moments where you see one thing and you're like, Oh no. And you can just see it snowball like tonight, really the Gibbons penalty and then the punt and it kind of all goes downhill from there and you can see it coming. Um, however, like the last two games, they've just been extremely, it's like a basketball team that's streaky. You'll come out one half and light it up in the next half. There's just nothing there. Do you guys think like, I know last year a lot of times rolling Jordan out of the pocket, getting, getting him moving. I mean, I would probably say don't run it on first and second down to get stuffed every time. Do you think there's anything like creative that way to try to get them out of these ruts when they get into them? Because it seems like when they get into them, it's like two halves of football and they're not coming out. That's a good question, Sam. Yeah. And it's early down play calling. That is what we'll return to here. There was one first down keeper from Jordan Travis in the second half, and it, and it moved the well, chain. His first, his first pick in the second half, he did, didn't he? Roll to his left. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And he, it threw he, it into a crowd. Which again, I, I just I haven't seen Jordan make that throw. All year. I don't understand what he was even thinking on that play. No, I mean there are times uh, I've used this phrase before, Gene. When if you're playing golf and you're playing against a team of two, and one dude cards like an eight, the other guy birdies, and they reverse, they call it ham and egging. Yeah, it's the phrase. We were ham and egg tonight by different players doing crazy out of character things. Yeah, at all at different times. You know, if if you've got a bad read by Jordan and drop on the same play, that's one thing. But you've got Jordan making mistakes at the worst times. Drops happening completely separate of that. The Gibbons mm-hmm. play separate separate of that. The Mastromano play, which was a good one at first, because he's going to get that punt blocked. He's going to have that blocked. But you know, how cool that have been if he would have run for the first down, and that might have changed the momentum of the whole thing. Like, man, your kicker just the, the sideline would have been fired up. You finally got a first down on a yes. play like that. I mean, hey, headliners and elite headliners, it's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. 
As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. The other thing, Sam, to, that's important here, and it's it's impossible to know. It's like breaking down a, a defensive play. You don't always know what the call was or what the responsibility was for a defender. Sometimes you just can't know that. There was a lot of checking before the snap and switching plays and, and doing all kinds of things that it will be impossible to know how many of that was from Mike Norvell on the sidelines, how many of that, uh, how many of those decisions was Jordan counting and seeing, okay, they've got six in the box and so we need to run or whatever. So. Some of it, I want to limit our criticism here of early down play calling. Jordan might have checked them into some of those plays. It might not have been Mike or, you know, vice versa. Maybe Jordan looks at the sidelines and Mike checks him into a terrible play. It's just, it's hard to know, but creativity. Oh, the decisions, whoever made them were wrong. Those first downs to keep doing that over and over and over again and put yourself behind the sticks. Yep. Yep. Somebody was making bad decisions there. To me, get whatever was going, do never check down to going in the middle of the strength of their defense over and over again on first down. We got two more callers here on the War Chant Game Day post game show presented by our friends at Zaxby. Zaxby's, that's plural. <laughs> uh, from Thomasville, it is the official DMV of War Chant TV. It is Z Chan. Welcome back to the show, Z Chan. Uh, go for it, man. I'm happy to be talking to you, but I wish it was better circumstances. Go ahead. Yeah, no kidding, Tom. Just like Sam said, I don't, I don't understand the strictness. I, I'm, you know. I'm ready for us to uh, quit playing like your Mets, good and then not good, and start playing like my Braves, just to be good. That's what I'm ready for. Sorry, I had to get that shot in there. I'm sure you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, I just, I there's a, a bunch that's just unfortunate and just frustrating. You know, I, it seems like two weeks in a row of players just not making plays um, wh- where they have been. You know, the first few few games and and it's it's just it's hard it's hard to watch Johnny Wilson just drop passes I mean you know wide open and he just drops it and uh I think you know if they make those few plays we make a big difference Master Mono I I give the kid credit for bailing on the original punt because that was impressive that he had the vision to do that um I just wish he had had the vision to see the keep running wide open for 60 yards in front of him um 
but you know that is what it is my question did y'all notice um how many players were falling especially early in the game and i'm wondering if some of our injuries wasn't due to like not proper equipment for you know the field conditions or something because it seemed weird that they just people were just falling i don't know it's bizarre uh, appreciate y'all it was it that was rough but um we'll see what what next week holds it'll be interesting Thank you, Z Chan. It's always thank a big you, pillar, a pillar of what we do here at War Chan TV. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Yeah, one of the the slippages I saw, Gene, actually was a, a chance at, at downing a punt inside the five yard line. Wyatt Rector fell. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what to say as it relates to potential injuries or not. I did see. I saw a couple close ups of the field, and I did notice there were some huge divots in there. And I don't know if it yeah. was because I mean they're not that far from having obviously a pretty significant storm up there. Yeah. If it was just a lot, it was still really wet, and maybe they recovered from that. But it looked like the field was in pretty bad shape, and you know, it would be the first time that fields up in North Carolina have been a problem before. They're not well. They're not well maintained. It did look. Uh, you, who knows? We will never know if that contributed probably to the injuries, but I will say the little bit I saw, and maybe we'll talk to Corey and Ira will be on the sideline. Hope we'll get one of them in. Maybe we can ask them that question, Tom, because they'll be down on the field and tell us about the field conditions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric in Tallahassee, he's pillar Eric. Angel. Oh, he got through. He got through. Well, the phone lines were busy for a while there, but he made it through. We now go to Mr. Angel. How's it going tonight? Outside of the obvious, good to be talking to you, brother. Hey, Tom and Jane, good talking to you guys. First of all, how about them Mets for you, brother? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It's hard to celebrate, right, in this in this mood, but I'm glad they're still playing right. baseball. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I know I posted something in the chat that six and six is staring in our faces, but I'm pretty much a true, honest guy. I hope it doesn't happen, but it, it I don't know, man, where – we go from here. I mean, that was a tough loss. We got Clemson next week. Hopefully we can rebound. Um, we had some bad play calling. I mean, I, I just don't get Norvell while he's running the ball on first down a lot. <laughs> and, of course, Johnny Wilson dropped some passes and key situations. And Jordan didn't play very well, obviously. But I, I, I thought we should have ran the ball and killed a clock and – Try to give uh, Fitzgerald the game-winning field goal, like I mentioned on Lake of Warm Champ the other day with Corey and Aslan. Figured kick the game-winning field goal, and then we're all celebrating here in Tallahassee. Yeah, but it is what it is. Let's let's move on to uh, Clemson, and hopefully we have a good turnout, sellout crowd, and hopefully we pull off the upset. Thank you, Eric. I think everybody's in agreement. We don't like the first down play calling. That was just every caller that's come in. Tom and I have agreed. We don't. We don't know what they're trying to do there. Whether it was Norvell, whether it was Jordan Travis making those calls, but it was, it wasn't great. And I don't know about setting up for now. I wouldn't have minded Tom had they let's say gotten a first down or two, got it down seven eight yard line mm-hmm. for a chip shot kind of field goal with Fitzgerald. I've been perfectly fine with that. I don't know. I mean, at that point, I think it would have been like a 39, 40 yarder where they were at, which is okay. But I think, I think we'd all feel a little comfortable. It's about 30 yards or in, I think the odds go dramatically up for him. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there's a difference between trying to score on the play that we throw the interception and trying to score a touchdown in general in that situation. NC state was doing you a favor by calling timeouts because Mm -hmm. they wanted to obviously preserve some clock for themselves 
and you're it's a stalemate at that point. If you can move the chains once, then you're in a position to do what it is you would like to do. But you know, if FSU gets a first down there, Gene, they're inside the, the 15 yard line. You continue to plow away and, and try for a touchdown. It's just I'm sure the last thing Mike Norvell thought would happen in that situation was Jordan making a crazy the ball grabs in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, that that's he had to be stunned. And that's the thing. We've got to monitor this now. I'm not, you know, gonna rehash all the problems that Jordan Travis had as a passer last year, but that's two weeks in a row now where you're seeing extended conversations between coach and quarterback. And Mike Norvell obviously is is calling the plays and, and devising a lot of the game plan with Alex Atkins where they're not seeing the same thing. So whatever that is, whatever that is, that's got to get a whole lot better before the defense they take on next week in Clemson because you cannot have confusion at any level uh, against a, a defense that good. Um, that's is the good. offense regressing, Tom? I mean, I know you've played a little better. I don't. It, Wake isn't a great isn't a great defense. And then what I saw there, and what I saw other than a couple drives, I mean, for the most game, it just it seems like the offense may be regressing. And I don't know, if, like you said, maybe Norvell and Jordan are no longer on the same page. Maybe the defenses are doing something. Cause like you said, it seemed like he was confused about what they were doing. Maybe they saw something on film from the Wake Forest game. Yeah. That he was having problems with, but something is not clicking with the offense the last two games. I agree. I think tonight was more about just player execution. I, you know, Mike doesn't need to do the Jimbo press conference from 2012 on Monday. <laughs> But if you if you catch three of the six or seven yeah, drops, you know you're, you're scoring that's in the true. mid to upper twenties and you're winning this football game. And and you know maybe even the thirties. You might be in the thirties by the time the game's over. And that's just you know uh, last week I thought was a little bit of regression. And I don't love again. We'll say for the ninety fifth time now. Don't love the play calling on first down. But still, you're in a position to score upper twenties, lower thirties on that defense if you just make the plays that are in front of you. Yeah. You know they weren't overwhelmed. Uh, but Jordan does have to clean up some things too. We'll do a quick read here and mention of a great promo that'll be a lot of fun in November. Then we'll take a short break and see if we can get somebody from. Yeah, I think I have rumored that the Coracle may be joining us. Very well. He will be shortly. First, a word from our friends at Triangle Sales and Bud Light. You could score a VIP fan experience for the FSU UF game on Friday, November 25th, courtesy of our friends at Bud Light and Triangle Sales. Text Bud Light Fan 22. That's Bud Light Fan 22 to 855-297-9460 for a chance to win sideline passes, hospitality passes, two tickets to the game, and a whole lot of fun on a Friday after Thanksgiving. That's Bud Light Fan 22 to 855-297-9460 for a chance to win an epic day of FSU and UF later on this season. Make your football season epic with Bud Light. Must be 21 or older to enter for complete contest rules, visit tryeaglesales.com. We'll be back in just a moment after these words from Zaxby's on Warchant TV's Zaxby's Game Day postgame show. Something big, something huge is taking over the world of chicken sandwiches. Zaxby's new signature sandwich with Zax sauce or new spicy Zax sauce. Because the chicken sandwich war ain't over yet. The new signature sandwich, it's taking over. And it's only at Zaxby's. 
Warchant.com has been the definitive home of all things FSU sports for over 20 years and is now part of On3, the next generation network. Warchant.com has the most experienced, tenured, and largest staff on the Florida State sports beat and now features innovative resources, including an NIL database that projects player value and a truly aggregated composite recruiting ranking system that will set the bar in the industry. There are no words to describe the perfect pairing of Zaxby's hand-breaded fingers and our 12 delectable sauces. But there is a sound, and that sound is mmm, mmm, mmm. The Zaxby's Chicken Finger Plate with endless sauce abilities, only at Zaxby's. We are awaiting word from stadium side up at Raleigh. Uh, that Wiz Palace is a house of horrors for Florida State, and it remains that again as the Knolls drop a 19-17 to 17 heartbreaker to NC State. We'll get Corey Clark on the program here shortly. As soon as he jumps into the room, we will bring him on. Gene, we've had a little bit more time to let the dust settle. Uh, I loved Gator Kirk's call, the first call of the night, and the 70-30 to 30 ratio that he had on players to coaches. Uh, has your mind shifted at all since the game is over about where you place blame, or is it uh, still kind of in the same place of when you joined us? Well, we might learn more information. Uh, you know, I want to hear Norvell's press conference, hear what the uh, players have to say that we'll have. You can watch that right here on Warchant TV. We'll have that. Hear what Corey has to say. The people there on the ground that will provide us with more information to find out. I mean, there's definitely a lot, like you said earlier, there's a lot of blame to go around. Uh, between all of them so it's it was a team loss obviously some credit goes to the defense but I should say team loss offense and officiating and coaching yep. were all pretty horrific in this game uh, it's just again I, this is just again it goes up there I don't know if it, how it goes in the pantheon of you know frustrating losses for Florida State but again you felt this this program is on the rise and I think that's what's so frustrating for people because you had it in your hands you self-destructed with a bunch of crazy bonehead things that happened in the second half. Yep. And it's, it's maddening. Um, yeah. That's where I'd say, you know, I'm, I'm with Gator Kirk that it's mostly a, a player's thing tonight in terms of executing simple things that are in front of you. But if you're watching that, admittedly, if you're a fan of, I don't know, Ohio state and you're just watching that game tonight, you say, how the hell do they make that many mistakes? They got to be poorly. Yeah. <laughs> they got to be so poorly coached. If they're doing all this crazy stuff, that's just not being prepared. That's just not, being dialed in it's i think that's fair you know if you're if you're just dropping in from a hundred thousand feet you'd say yeah but how do you coach master mono in that situation right. it's just like this he just i don't know if he had a flashback he thought he was playing australian rules football or something when he did that because they just run over the field and kick the ball whenever they want i, I don't know what was going on there but that's not a situation on coaching that's just a guy just making a bad decision in a weird circumstance i and, and Dylan, how often is Dylan Gibbons, who's one of the nicest guys who does so much work for charity and everything he does, yep. has a crazy personal foul like that in that situation? It just rarely ever happens. Yeah. And it's something, you know, Mike went over to speak to him. Coach Norvell did when they were, they usually have like a little semicircle with the offensive line on the sidelines. They had a quick word and look, it's totally out of character for him. So you're not going to pull him off the field for making that mistake. It's, it's not like him, but it just, Something got the better of them, and you just stack these dominoes together, and they had to be in such a precise order for this not to come out Florida State's way. And what's so maddening, Gene, I mean, I was despondent on the uh, in the watch-along for the fourth quarter. 
I was just going along for the ride because you see all of these goals that you never expected to be on the table available to Florida State, and they just don't they don't come away and they don't finish. This was a game that was in their hands. It was fully yeah. in their control. If you told me, again, that they're down two with the ball four minutes to go before they ever kick it off, I take it and run. That's a great situation to be in. But when you watch the flow of the game, you see that Florida State, this was theirs. This game was all theirs, and they found a way to lose the game. They've responded to being 0-4 before, Gene, so I'm not worried about yeah. that. I don't think the locker room is packing it in. Oh, no, no, no. But, this, that's one thing. That's one positive. Much of something. I know people criticize Mike Norvell, and some of it is deserved. But one thing, man, he has this guy's fight for him, and they will bounce back. And, CJ, what's interesting here, I think – in the end of Jimbo's, I think he basically got Flanagan uh, banned from doing Florida State games at the end. Like he he told the ACC we're not doing after Flanagan screwed him over and over and over again. So I guess now that Jimbo's gone, he's allowed to do FSU games again. I think Norvell needs to go to the ACC office and reinstitute that ban. He should not be allowed to officiate Florida State games. Yeah, the roughing the passer call is just objectively ridiculous. And I hate being that guy. I don't like enabling that. And for those of you who have tuned into the War Champ postgame show the last two and a half years, you know that. I, I can't stand that everything's mm -hmm. always against us thing. And we're not blaming the officials. Do not quote us. We're not right. saying that. But in this instance, there are two, three objective calls where you just go, you got to be kidding me. How do you come to that conclusion? Uh, Keith B says, uh, we're on the ascent. We knew we would be in a tight spot this year with, on the offensive line. Then to lose everyone we have on both lines of scrimmage, in spite of that, we played really well at times. That That's true, too. Yeah, You could be pissed off and still say they're putting themselves in position with less talent available to them week in and week out. Than on we the defensive line, I looked at one point, they were all guys that were second string. They were all backups out there at times. Yeah, exactly. Those, those are the positives, but you got to really strain tonight to feel positive about what's going on. We now go stadium side. To the Wiz Palace, there he is. It is the senior writer, the lead writer for WarChant.com. He's Corey Clark. Uh, Corey, take us through it. What did you see? Oh, man, it was a great night. The moon was <laughs> out. It was crisp and cold. It felt like football again. Uh, no, man, it, it reminded me um, quite a bit, honestly, of, of 2012 in the sense that yep, we've all um, yep. you, you know you had a big lead at half. You felt so good at half. The difference clearly is that 2012 team had – you know, some serious dudes on it and had a chance to win a national championship. This team didn't have that. Um, so I don't know that the disappointment should be that high. I mean, people were ready. People were angry, angry after that 12 game. Um, I, to me, it felt more like the 2008 game. If we're just going, we're going to go through the, or the 2010 game, just the litany of all the horrible losses here at Carter Finley for Florida state, because I just felt like, man, after everything that happened in this game, um, you every other whistle, there was a kid on your defense having to be helped off the field. Um, you did, your offense was so bad in the second half and still you're right in position to maybe not steal. Maybe that's too strong to win a game, to win a game in a tough place against the 14th team in the country. And then you throw, um, whether you want to call it a dumb pick, a bad pick or an unlucky pick, um, you throw a pick in the end zone and, and the game's over. So Corey, I guess that last series, and I guess the thing that you're thinking too, and they run that first play, you're like, okay, are they trying to, I hope he's not setting up for the field goal. And then that plays, I don't know. Were you able to gather something from Mike Norvell, what was going on there? Is that something Jordan checked off to to try to throw that pass? It seemed odd to me to throw to your smallest wide receiver on that play anyway. So I'm not – how did that all go down and what did you gather? So he told us afterwards because, of course, he was asked about it. It's the same play they scored on in the first half, the, the exact same play, the exact same look. Um, what happened was 
um, he said, and he didn't he didn't come out and say that it was pass interference or defensive holding, but Micah Pittman is cutting to the outside right when the DB cuts to the outside and impedes his progress and blocks him. But that hap- that just happened to happen right when Travis is letting the ball go. Now it's an option route, meaning when if Pittman sees the guy give outside leverage, he's supposed to go inside. But he thought he was going to get outside again and happened to run right into the dude. And then Jordan threw it up to where he thought Pittman was going. He said, Norvell said, there's five options on that play. J- Jordan went with the one-on-one. He, he knew that that was going to be one-on-one coverage. It's the same play they had scored on. So he threw it, he threw it to him. And it just, you know, look, whether you thought it was, a, it was, it was holding or not, that would be very ticky tack in that, in that, in this place, in that moment to call defensive holding. Um, so no, it was just, you know, look, man, you know, I don't think Jordan played great by any means. I, I don't know if that plays on him. I know he was really upset afterwards, whether he was upset at, at Micah or upset at the ref. I don't know, but he was very upset that there was that the end result of that play. Cause he threw it where he thought Micah was going to be. And Micah didn't run that route. So the second half, and like you said, we've been there before, 2012, 2008, all the craziness that goes on in Carter-Finley Stadium. I mean, it, it, the thing that happened with, you know, Master Mono uh, just running, I've, I've never seen that happen before. I mean, of all the guys, you would see the last guy that's going to get a personal foul in a key moment on your offense is Dylan Gibbons in that situation. I mean, just kind of tell – I mean, how crazy it looked on TV. I mean, how nuts is that place in that second half with all that happening? Yeah, well, look, man, I, I've never seen a play like the Mastromano play. I didn't know it would even be in the rule book, punting across the line of scrimmage, because who would ever do it? Uh, the punter is 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage usually, so it's crazy that he even got that close. So Norvell's explanation was, it, clearly it wasn't a fake. He didn't call that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Alex didn't do it on his own necessarily, but he saw somebody flash in front of him and thought it was going to get blocked. Here's what I think happened. Now, we didn't get to talk to Alex, obviously. We, we talked to Toa Feely and, uh, and Tatum Bethune. That was it. But he saw somebody flash in front of him and he thought it was going to get blocked. So he pulled it and then he rolled to the right, which he does a lot anyway. And then he sees all this green grass. He's like, well, crap, this is an automatic first down. Let me just go run for this easy first down. And then I think in his head, he was like, oh, wait, isn't this fourth and 20? I don't know if I can get there. And by the time he did all that calculus in his head, he was a yard past the line of scrimmage when he punted it. And the shame of it is. Not only did it, you know, really kind of cost you the game almost, but that was easily his best punt of the night. It would have been a 75-yard punt. So think about the fact that NC State had a pivotal scoring drive in the second half, a pivotal one that went minus 23 yards, and the kid still buries the 53-yard field goal after getting the ball at the 13-yard line. Think about, so they got the ball at Florida State's 13. If he hadn't have been over the line of scrimmage when he punted it, NC State would have gotten the ball at their own 15. So you're talking about a 73-yard switch and field position. And that's what I think is so frustrating about this game, right, is just dumb little things that you don't usually do. If you just play your normal football, Jordan Travis doesn't throw interceptions. If he just doesn't throw interceptions, you win the game. If Mastromano doesn't lose his mind for 30, uh, you know, for for four seconds, you you win the game. You know, and then the, the drops were really troubling too. There's the Johnny Wilson. Look, he had two big catches yeah. in this game. That's great. That's a horrible, enormous drop when your team desperately needed you to make a play. Yeah. yeah I, I, I want to go ahead, Tom. I was going to ask Corey, just the tenor of the, of the post-game press conference was, was there a lot more on execution of the players and not getting it done? Or was it, you know, ownership saying about preparation? I just want to know because 10 years ago, Jimbo had that memorable Monday presser where he talked about execution back and forth. Uh, yeah. And, to everybody was stunned in the room. 
How did Mike handle the postgame tonight? Did he talk about things like that, especially with the second half struggles offensively? Yeah, it's it's interesting because he came in. He Look, he, we've seen Mike Norvell after plenty of losses. Uh, this one, this one, frankly, did remind me of Jimbo after 10 and after 12 uh, up here in this place. Um, just almost white, like ghost white um, because of just the way it ended. Um, he was really, really uh, upset. And he said, you know, he said he told the team that that loss was 100% on him. Now, he didn't elaborate as to what that meant, whether it was play calling, not having them ready to play. I mean, I think they were ready to play, um, you know, but he, he you could tell he was uh, he, he was crestfallen, obviously. And he kept saying how disappointed he was for them. And then he I thought it was it was nice of him to add. I'm disappointed with them because, yeah, man, you should be disappointed. You're in this team, too. And people are disappointed in you. Um, there, there's a lot of fans that, that really want to believe they really do. And you've given them a lot of reason to believe. But then there's some there's some craziness that's going on craziness that's going on at the end of these games that um, isn't great. You know, you think about you know you still won the LSU game, but you're, you're putting that thing away at the two yard line and you fumble it. Time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business no matter what stage of the game you're in shopify.com slash warchant. You have a chance to win this game and then you, you throw an interception, um, you know, just in a, in a spot, you can't throw an interception. So maybe call a safer play in that spot. I get it. Look, I, I think we all are in agreement. You, we love aggression right there. You're not settling. You're not centering the ball for a 40 yard field goal with that kid, in my opinion. Um, but you got 14, He's, he's not a bad option in that spot, probably, instead of the 5'9 kid. I know you scored on it earlier, but also maybe something a little a little safer. But I think they thought that was a really safe play. You you could tell, and I even asked him about it after during the press conference, he just seemed stunned that the cornerback was there. He couldn't understand, almost he couldn't seem to understand why the cornerback was there, how he got to that spot to make that play. Yeah, something. And Corey, uh, Z-Chan, our friend, asked about the field. A lot of guys went down during the game with with injuries. A lot of guys falling down. I saw a couple views of the field. It looked a little tore up. So I'm just – Z-Chan had brought that up earlier in a phone call. What was the field like down there? I mean, I was only – that. I just recorded the Warchant uh, rap down there. I can tell you this. The tractors are working. You tune into the Warchant rap when, when Aslan gets that bad boy up because the, the, the tractors are loud and clear, baby. They almost got run over by a couple of them. Um, so no, I didn't, I didn't notice that it was awful. Okay. Um, uh, and look, man, that's a, you know, I don't, it's just, and Nor- Norvell even addressed that too. He's like, you look, look, injuries are just a part of the season's narrative almost is what he said. 
Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. He's like, we got a lot of guys banged up, and that's just how this season is going for us, apparently. Because literally, guys, it's it seems like every five or six snaps, somebody's somebody else is on the ground. Um, and yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, I'm not blaming anyone. It's bad luck, I guess. It is. But, like, NC State had one dude that got helped off the field the entire yeah. night. Florida State, I think, had eight. That well, the they had, had a had pretty big stopped. one in, in their quarterback. Yeah. but Yes, you know. that was the biggest one. Yeah. And uh, I guess la- last thing for me, let's talk about something else. Should should Flanagan ever officiate a Florida State game again? I know it just every time you see his face, it's just the, you have these horrible. I mean, because w- he hit the. Co- Do we miss something or wh- what was the flag on hitting the quarterback? What was the so, what was that? So I, w- I want you guys to watch and hopefully you would anyway, um, but watch Norvell's press conference. I'm not talking to you two. I know you two would. I'm talking to the people that are watching right now. Um, it, it's uploaded. At, we got it up. Watch Norvell's reaction when I ask him that. Because I asked him, like, what was the explanation you got for Farmer's penalty? And he just went, he goes, I got, he goes, I just thought he started, he stopped himself from getting fined because he wanted to get fined. And people might be like, well, who cares, man? Um, there was a lot of stuff that happened after that game, and you knocked their quarterback out on that play. Well, understand, NC State got a field goal on that drive yeah. that they would not have had without the 15-yard penalty. So in an inexplicable 15-yard penalty, it wasn't targeting. He didn't hit him late. He didn't. He didn't drive. He drive his body on him. So when I asked Norvell about it, he said he just said, "Look, the explanation I got." And then he caught himself. He's like, "I just it it was awful." He said the word "awful," and then he said, "I just." He goes, I, "Let's just say I disagree with the call." And then he caught himself, and like you could tell, he was about mm-hmm. to go off like Jimbo did in sixteen against Clemson, and then caught himself and was like, "Nope, nope, I'm not doing that." But it was a it was a horrible game changing call. Horrible game-changing call. I know, I feel bad for the kid. He might be done for the year. Who knows? But uh, that's that's a that's a 15 yards they didn't earn. Plus, I think they called it a fumble. So yeah, yeah. And I don't know oh. that it was a fumble, but if it wasn't a fumble, so they got eight yards on the play, on top of a 15-yard penalty that wasn't a penalty. So on one play that I think was probably an incomplete pass and not a personal foul, they got 23 yards out of that, and then they got you know the right-footed Sebastian Janikowski apparently at this school, and he makes it. Pay, he makes you pay with a field goal. It's a hell of a thing to document tonight, Corey. We appreciate uh, all the work that you. Hey, put. I, I did want to ask you guys what was what's the uh, what's the consensus on uh, the the final play call or not not trying to center it for a field goal. Uh, I'd say that most here are not thrilled uh, that they took the shot at the end zone, but I think they're conflating it with that's the only option on that play. Some some folks in the end. The yeah, there's only one. I think they had one person that said they should have set up. Most people, Corey, were like, no, that they were glad that we we're being aggressive. They just didn't like that call in that circumstance. We, we talked earlier, like, look, they get a first down or two, they get down to the eight-yard line, okay. You know, it's within 30 yards. But at that range, no, you have to continue to be aggressive. It's just that play in that situation. I don't think anybody understood that. Yeah, and I, and I think it, was, it is important to detail, though, that there, there's five options on the play. There, right. There's only one guy that ran deep. Uh, all the other ones were kind of, it looked to me like short, safe, intermediate type uh, routes. He yes. just picked the guy that was running deep, I think, because he saw the one-on-one coverage and because they had scored on it earlier in the game. It's just, again, man, it's just a bummer. I don't even know how to say I don't know who I'm mad at. Maybe Jordan for picking that who to throw, but I, or Norvell for calling a, a, a route that even has that as an option. But, 
again, you got to try to score a touchdown there. I My think. problem now, is why isn't Johnny Wilson running that route? Why is Micah Pittman running that route? To me, that's that's because I don't think he's knocking Johnny Wilson down off that route. Correct. Absolutely. I I, I just I, I don't know, Gene. I don't know. I don't know why. I, and that's what we Ira and I were talking about it as they were driving down the field, especially after the targeting call. It's like, number one, you can't – and he even asked, he's like, do you think Norvell tells Jordan Travis you can? we are not settling for a field goal here? You cannot settle for a field goal here. And I'm like, no, you don't say that, I don't think, because you don't want him to make it, throw yeah. it in a bad coverage. You don't want him to play differently than he would normally. But as a coach, you have to know you're not settling for a field goal. Unless, I don't know, man, what would you feel safe at, the 10, the 5? So, I'd say about 30, low 30s and in. Even then, Gene, you're not you're – not No, I know, but I'm that. saying – well, if the clock is out or you're sitting there and it's fourth and, you know, eight, or right. whatever, the 10 yard line. Okay. Go ahead and kick the field goal then at that point. Yeah. But it, it's second and nine. I, I actually did like the run with Toa Field. I just like running the ball to make them use timeouts. I did like that. Um, I would rather Jordan made Shouldn't it. Jordan ball. run. I mean, that's yes. the thing too. Why isn't he on the outside running? Why Toa Field up the middle of the field? Yeah. I, I would have had, I would have had Jordan run in those, um, you know, at least pull it and run once. I do, but they were not centering the ball or anything. Clearly, they were, they were, they were, they wanted him to burn a timeout, which he did. So now they only had one left, and then now it's time to take a shot um, because they didn't want it to get third down. Because if you get to third down, well, now you're real close to fourth down. And if you're if you're fourth and eight, you probably are kicking a darn field yeah. goal. So um, it's it just again, I, I yeah, the, I, I I love the aggression. I love the fact that he's coaching to his team and knows that a field goal here isn't really an option until you get an, at least one more first down, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, you, you just gave, you gave them the game with that. It wasn't, it wasn't like the kid made an unbelievable play. You threw it right to him. That's what's so, uh, that's what's so frustrating. And, and I mean, it's just the difference between wins and losses, man. You think about the last time this team won here was 2016. Francois throws a worse pass than that right at a safety in the end zone. He drops it. He's a hero a second later. That's how fickle this thing is, man. That's how, that's how thin the line is between wins and losses. And they just made too many mistakes. Uh, well, they really, I was going to say they made too many mistakes to beat a good team on the road, but they just made one one more mistake than they needed to. Because they're they even with all the mistakes they made and all the nonsense, um, they still had a chance to win um, with, with 30 seconds left against the number 14 team in the country with uh, essentially their entire starting defensive line hurt. So, you know, but now you got Clemson. So, all right. There's the reward. There's the yeah. reward. And we'll document that all. It felt like uh, the 2012 Florida game. You know, the four, first four turnovers were hurtful, but the fifth one was the one that killed you. You could have won with four, right. and the fifth one was the killer. But uh, we appreciate it, Corey. Thank you for documenting another strange night in Raleigh, and uh, we look forward to reading your column yes. on com. Hey, congrats on the Mets, Tom. One more. Get you one more, buddy. Playing a rubber game. We're playing a rubber game. Thanks, Corey. That's Corey Clark. Thanks, Corey. Right. Senior writer warchant.com. His column will be up live if it's not already on warchant.com. He also will be re reacting on Wake Up Warchant, which will be available here on Warchant TV Monday morning. Yes, Gene. Oh, oh it, it looked it looked like you were you were like you know champing at the bit there to get something in. No, 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 no. I'm just it's good to hear from Corey. It just there still yeah. is what it, this one. You know the Wake Forest game I think hurt, but it was all you know. Okay, they played a bad game. Yep. You played. I think people still underestimate Wake Forest. They have a really good offense. They run it extremely well. Um, but this this one hurts more because I, I've said it. I keep saying it over and over again. But you, this was a game you made a ton of mistakes. And as Corey said, you, despite all those mistakes, 
you're in position to win the game. You had it in your hand and you just made an incredibly stupid bonehead play yep. to lose it. So it's just cr- crazy, crazy frustrating. But very on brand for uh, games in that building. Z Champ, yep. thank you for the, uh, the contribution. He says, Michael Gulski, coach, will be good again. Skies and falling. The world isn't ending. If any of you are on a cliff, please come down. I'll comfort you with a good bourbon and a good conversation. There's the attitude, Z Chan. Yep. As now we're on to uh, Clemson week. Antonio, thank you very much. Yep. He was there in 2012. It does. Yeah, I hate the place too. There's nothing worse than losing a late one in the Wiz Palace. And there are so many moments like that in the Wiz Palace. Alex, thank you very much. Yep, again, he's, yep. <laughs> I, I'm wondering the receiver grade, maybe I, it was crazy. I think two weeks ago, Tom, PFF had their four state receiving grade, I think was number one mm-hmm. among all our power. It, it's going to take a huge nose dive <laughs> this week. I wonder if that grade is even going to hit 50. I mean, the overall grade might be under 50. And that's that a great. Unit. That's a great segue, too, because tomorrow you can expect the PFF stat bomb, and it will be a bomb. Not for the defense, though. There'll be a lot of greens, yeah. I think, for the defense tomorrow, especially guys like uh, Patrick Payton, who played really, mm-hmm. really well. But the offensive grades are going to be Ooh. a lot of yellows and reds and oranges. Not not good. That's what you can expect tomorrow from Gene. Irish O'Fell will have his 3-2-1 column coming up in the next day or so. Corey Clark's column is live on Warchant.com. We'll be documenting this loss further on Sunday Smash tomorrow night on Warchant TV. That's at 7 p.m. And we've got live programming throughout the week, starting Monday at 1 o'clock with the Jeff Cameron Show, Seminole Headlines on Tuesday. Wake up Warchant every morning. Get your day started. And how do they get all those shows, Tom? What do they need to do? Oh, you just got to hit the subscribe button underneath this video. And the bell. Hit the bell. You'll be alerted every time we go live. We'll let you know when cool stuff happens. And subscribe, folks. Really, it helps you out. It's easier. You go to your homepage on your phone or YouTube.com. We'll have content right there. It's waiting on you. It's free. Just hit the button, and you'll be thanking us later. Gene, final thoughts as we uh, sign off for another loss on a War Chant Game Day postgame show. Just I freaking hate NC State. I hate that yeah. place. Uh, at least, hey, the good news is we weren't there to suffer in the Wiz Palace personally. So Ira and Corey had to suffer through that. And, uh, you know, like I said, I just it's we thought it's your toughest game coming up against Clemson. But I think you just need to win that game. I just I know they can still have it. Look, they, I still think they're going to a bowl. All that's going to happen. But I think you had so much momentum going into this three games. Yeah. And it sucks that you lost two of them because you really should have at least been one and one and two, one and one in these last two games. And that's what's frustrating. And now you got your toughest. So we're all looking at an zero and three after starting out 4-0, and and that's what's maddening about this because those two games I, I feel like you gave away, especially this one. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, that, that will sell out. Nameless, good for you. If it happens, you'll have a, Mike Norvell may weep at the uh, postgame. All right, Nameless, call. yes. I, I hope you're right. You're calling your shot, and we'll shout you out, Nameless, if, uh, if that does indeed happen this next week. Hang in there, everybody. We're all in this yeah. together. It's going to be a long week, but it's going to pay off with great weather, hopefully and a primetime kick against Clemson, and the butterflies will be there, and this will be a distant memory. We'll see if FSU is up to that challenge. We'll document it every step of the way here on Warchant TV, and we thank everybody who participated in the chat, everybody who uh, donated to the cause. Thanks for the tips. We really appreciate those tonight to all of our callers. Terry, our call screener. Ben, doing the producing behind the scenes. Jeff and Aslan, who were here for the pregame show and the watch-along, and, of course, he's Gene Williams. And, of course, that guy who has gone nonstop for pregame. We're looking at the top six hours and 20 minutes. This guy's worked his ass off. Come on, guys. Tom, great job, buddy. 
Thank you, Gene. If I stuttered a little bit, sorry. I'm a little fried. But you know what? We'll get it all in order tomorrow, and uh, it starts. Clemson Week starts right now. Thank you, everybody, for participating in the show tonight. We look forward to talking to you again on War Chant TV. For now, he's Gene. I'm Tom. Good night on War Chant TV. <laughs>